What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie, and I am here with a very special co-host this time around since MJ is gallivanting across Connecticut, um, author Kat Singleton. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here today. I'm pumped. I'm ready to, like, try this whole podcast host thing out, but I'm also very nervous, but it'll be fine. Don't be too good, because MJ's going to be really upset if I try to... MJ, if when you're listening to this, I promise I won't do too. I won't do better than you. I can guarantee <laughs> that. I'm gonna give it my all though. Um, so a couple things first. Uh, I want to give two shout outs to two authors who released their books today, which is uh, Harlow James released My Unexpected Family today, which was an awesome secret baby book. Um, well, not secret baby. I'll go with surprise, surprise baby. Um, and then my really really good friend Alexis Winter released her second book in the new mountain man series which is second chance at forever so everybody go pick those up because i'm really excited for both of them yeah go read them we'll do it um there was a story i was waiting to tell on here because if i really want to know what is the weirdest tiktoks you follow because oh my god (laughs) i have found my way into repo talk Wait, what? Last time we talked about this, I did not, you did not tell me this. Is this I know, new? I, this is a new, like really new. I just found this one. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I'm watching videos of cars being reposted. That, I think that might like take the cake for what we have discussed recently. Because for backstory, the other day when we were on live together, um, randomly how do you think it started oh I was talking about my obsession with chiropractor uh TikTok I have never been to chiropractor in my life I'm terrified of going but I love watching chiropractic TikToks so while we were on live I was like hey what is your weirdest TikTok like what you know like everyone all of us are on book talk and things like that but like what else is showing up on your FYP that you're like secretly obsessed with and Stevie, you did not say repo last time no, we talked about this. I said, well, the couple that I said was, I'm obsessed with like the organizing and the stocking of the kitchens and the laundry. Like yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Um, I'm also obsessed with the the guy that does um, home inspections. Hmm. Like this guy is really funny, and I'm gonna send you his videos because you'll really you'll think it's funny. Okay. Um, and then today or last night, I was laying in bed flipping through my for you page. And then I stumbled upon repo talk and watching cars being repossessed. Wow. Things. I mean, I know everything exists on the internet, but like, that's not something I ever imagined myself coming across. And it just popped up and I was like, Oh, how did I find this? (laughs) That is amazing. And, then, uh, and the other one I the other one I found was um you and I have talked about this author before because she is very popular on TikTok and is um Katie Robichaud. Yes. And I did not know that one of her for er, early C- series that she had written was based on her and her husband's story. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like more erotic than what their story was. But then I found another video where her one of her books she she um dedicated it to her youngest child and said like didn't she get pregnant with her on accident yeah, because she was writing the book the yes. for the book. 
Yes. And I've seen like some of her readers like comment like, yeah, I'm pregnant or I had a baby because of you. And I'm like, I feel like that's one of the best compliments as an author. Like that's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, someone... needs another baby, go read her book first. <laughs> yes. Gets all the, has all the baby, uh, baby, baby dust. That was just too funny. I, I had not ne- like, I've never read her books and I'll be honest about that. I know who she is because I do follow her on Instagram and TikTok, but that just, I, mm, you think BB Easton doing <laughs> sex in life is something that is something else. <laughs> yeah, that, that is hilarious to me. Well, apparently she's got that new video of her trying on that bathing suit. Yes, you know, with, yes, with the hundred, with the one point four million views. I did. I think I saw it when she first uploaded it, but I showed it to my husband. I was like, I was dying of laughter. His reaction was priceless. Oh my goodness! The last part he said, "Oh, that was just but, too funny." Yeah, he he had some good comments. He was very like not witty. What is the word I'm looking for? Just like those just pop out of his mouth. So he was fast. very it ready was so for funny. this comment. <laughs> yes, they were so funny. All right, so we're gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and jump into reading this bio for this author, um, and then we're gonna get ready to talk to her because I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm pumped. Let's so, do it. Emily Goodwin is the New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of over a dozen romantic titles. Emily writes the kind of books she likes to read and is a sucker for a swoon-worthy bad boy and happily ever afters. She lives in the Midwest with her husband and two daughters. When she's not writing, you can find her riding horses, hiking, reading, or drinking wine with her friends. So let's go over and chat with her. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from a PodGo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About PodGo section of the application. Welcome to the podcast, Emily Goodwin. We're so excited you're here. So excited. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So what, ha- um, where do I want to start this time? Because normally MJ's here guessing my questions before I even say them. So what's new with you? <laughs> what's the, we just covered weather. I won't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing. I feel like my life isn't really too exciting. I went, got back from Disney World like a month ago and just trying to write another book while missing not having any responsibilities on vacation uh disney world sounds so fun right like that is exciting it was uh, fun I'm... we took my entire family this time which i was really nervous to have like 12 people i don't know if it'd be a lot of fun or not but it was really fun having everyone together oh are they still doing all the covid protocols then? Cause i think now it's like i think people can just go right or was it like that then there's still some stuff that's missing, but it's pretty much back to normal. That's fun. See, this is where I would be ready to go. Like, I, when it, they were in full COVID protocol, I was like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, wearing the masks in Florida heat was, was tough. Because we went in October, too. We're big Disney fans. Oh, 
man, I want to go to Disney now. <laughs> yeah, I got really lucky. Um, one of my best friends from high school actually works for Disney World, so cool. I get to fly down and go see her in November, hopefully, and go parade myself through all the parks this year. Yeah, okay, well, I'm jealous. And plus, Shameless Con will be there at the same time I'm going, which means there's a book signing. Yes, perfect. Um, so let's dive into questions. I'm really um, excited to ask about Cheat Codes and Endgame and Dawson Family because this is my favorite series. I won't even tell you how many times I've read it. Um, this happens to be one of the best duets I've read in a long time. Oh, thank you. And, and it's a surprise baby. Um, it's her favorite. She's obsessed with anything surprise baby, song. secret baby. That's her jam. Yep. So, so what was your inspiration for Quinn and Archer? Okay, so I feel like this is going to be like a really like unsatisfying answer, but I never have like one single source of inspiration for a book or a set of characters. I just get ideas in my head from I honestly don't even know where dreams just random things I've seen. But I do really love the secret baby, surprise baby genre. And I like the enemies to lovers, like, well, they won't they, like they shouldn't be together. So it creates resentment between them. Like, I love that tension. So oh, that it's kind of- so much tension. Yes. And that I love to write that, like where they don't want to be together because they shouldn't, but they actually want each other. And then you throw in a pregnancy. <laughs> it's just so much drama. <laughs> the best it creates a lot of and then it creates a lot of steam too when they finally do get together and they're just like oh that explosion is that is fun yes yeah, yeah, so fun time builds up over the years um so you kill fans with a cliffhanger with this one because it is a duet yes um, when you set out to do the story, did you know in the beginning that you would need to do a, uh, to do a duet in order to complete the series, the books? I had hoped I'd be able to write it as one book, but I am a series writer and reader. I used to actually only read series because I liked this, reading the same characters for an extended period of time. So it probably was a few chapters in when I realized that there was just no way I was going to cram their story into one book, that it would need two books to complete their story. I like so it. I kind of set out to write a standalone for them, but then it was pretty obvious to me from the beginning it would end up being a duet. And their family was so lovable. Like this family was awesome. I love them, and I love the family dynamic and the the sibling bonds. Yes. Um. So, what was your favorite thing about writing them? Because I know some authors say that they don't have favorites. They won't claim favorites, but everybody always likes, has one favorite thing they like writing about a certain character. For the Dawson series overall, I will say that Quinn was definitely my favorite. She's like the OG Dawson girl. Um, but for that series, I think like my favorite thing about the whole thing was just getting to go through each sibling and having them each have their own personality and flaws and just writing their own stories. It was fun to be able to have the same characters but deal with different tropes and issues. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, I me like too. That that's a that's definitely a little bit different than some of the answers we've gotten on here. 
because yeah, that's, the fun, that's the one part I love about this podcast is how different the answers are for every author. We're lucky because there's no two same answers. Yes. I love that. And I love hearing other authors answer questions and I'm like, oh, that is not how I would have thought of it. Cause it's just so <laughs> interesting, like how art can be interpreted so differently for different people. Yeah, I liked yours. I'm like deep. It made me think. And I'm like, wow, I would not have given that eloquent of an answer if someone asked me that. So that was good. We've like, actually asked her similar, like IPA for cat. So, and we talk about her books all the time. And she actually came on a couple weeks ago and we asked her very similar questions. And she just. I was not eloquent. I was like, uh. <laughs> That's usually me. <laughs> Well, I could not tell because that was a good answer. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to shift gears to the PNR because I know that PNR is super big right now. The paranormal like <laughs> worlds are like taking over TikTok too. Yes. 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 Before I ask these questions, I have to say, um, I had followed you on TikTok when CV reached out. I was like, hey, like, do you want to co-host? And I was like, yes. And then she put the name. I was like, oh my god, I followed her on TikTok, and she's got the TikTok game down like she knows how to get me interested in those books on tiktok today there was one oh god what the damon salvatore sound and i was like okay sold so oh, i like, know you you're obsessed with me <laughs> yes oh i mean that that was amazing you're killing it on tiktok oh, um you. so as we switch gears to your pnr series the thorn hill for fans who haven't heard about this series, can you give us a little rundown on what they're about? about? Okay, this is like quickest, probably like most relatable thing is I always say it's like True Blood slash Vampire Diaries meets Charms with lots of heat. Oh, like that is the best combination. Like sign me up. I love it. Um, so since it's made up of seven books with the eighth book coming out to release on Halloween, what made you want to branch off into the paranormal world and do you plan to return to the romance world at all? Or are you like hooked on PNR now? I actually started out writing paranormal romance. The first six books I wrote, yeah, I think the first six books I wrote were, were paranormal and dystopian romance. And then okay. my very first romance book I wrote was Stay in, oh, I want to say 2013. So for the first three years of my career, I actually only wrote paranormal. Oh, so what made you want to go from paranormal to romance then and then back? First, the, the first book I wrote, Stay, I had a dream about it and I just had to write it. And then I had another dream about another book and just kind of went from there. And I loved that like- a lot the, of your ideas come? A lot of dreams, yes. That's cool. And I love like the relatability with writing contemporary because it's like, that can actually happen with paranormal. Like, I mean, I still haven't given up hope that I'm going to get a letter to Hogwarts, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some might be like a sexy vampire who'll fall in love with me. Like, sorry, husband, but we're holding out hope. Yes. <laughs> but I just liked that. I think that's kind of what drew me into it was just having something that like is relatable. It's real. But what I love about paranormal is like the complete fantasy of it and just like for anyone who hasn't read it, all of my females in my paranormal books are like badass. They save the day. Like they might have like a hot 
old vampire boyfriend, but like, he's just the muscle, like they're the brain. And that's what I love. Like that girls can kick ass and face demons and all that, you know, impossible yeah. stuff and win. And I just love that about paranormal. That's fun. I can't imagine the world building that has to go into it. Like, I mean, I just can't imagine like props to you guys that write paranormal because I'm like, as someone who pants all the time I'm like I there's just no way there is no way that I could ever do that that is crazy um so my next question there have been some PNR authors on the podcast but I'm curious to know what your favorite part of the writing in PNR is is it I know you kind of mentioned um being able to write badass heroines but do you have anything else in there that makes like it your favorite aside from having really hot old vampires like writing scenes with oh there's so many things I love about it it's just so fun (laughs) and I think one thing that I really love is that like in real life we all have like you know metaphorical demons but when you're writing paranormal like you can make them into real things that you can kill so it's like a satisfying outlet to kill these demons because you can give your your um, mental demons a physical form and kill them with magic or stab them or burn them or however you want to kill them and if something scares you and you have magic you can face it I absolutely love that answer oh my god um that is cool that you can kind of you know especially if you have like a long day and you're like I'm gonna write the best fan scene ever because you know all my frustration is going into this demon and we're gonna kick some ass <laughs> like <laughs> That is awesome. I love that answer. Um, Besides your book eight releasing, the eighth book in the series releasing in October, what's next for you in 2021? I have two more books in my Grimgate series, which is a spinoff of um, my Thornhill series coming out. So it'll be book in Thornhill about Callie and Lucas. She's a witch, he's a vampire. And then the spinoff is Grimgate. And it's a witch and a demon hunter. And they do cross over. Ooh. For natural vibes. I've actually never watched Supernatural, but we're not gonna go there. <laughs> Sorry, I did watch I have watched the Vampire Diaries like eight times over. Same with True Blood. Um I can't talk about True Blood, the sh- the ending of the show though. I'm still like not okay with it. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just Eric, I just, again, I can't even talk about it. We would have five hours of me sitting here or just airing my grievances on yep, that show. And yeah. how long ago and I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm still angry. I'm so, I so. I Billa. Like, that was the stupidest storyline. Like, just don't even get me started. I oh, start. uh, I'm bitter. I'm so bitter about it. Me too. Uh, if you could, speaking of TV series, if you could pick one of your romance series to be made into a TV series or movie, which would it be? And then who would you cast in the role of those characters? Definitely my Thornhill series. And uh, Henry Cavill would be Lucas for sure. Oh, good. Mm. And MJ's going to be really excited to hear that one. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. It's funny because I started writing the series before I was really like a Henry fan. I really... I, I, I didn't like dislike him. I didn't really like pay much attention until I saw The Witcher, which came out months after I wrote that first book. And I was like, huh, he actually like is perfect for Lucas. See, I was about to say like, I 
I mean, Henry Cavill is attractive, don't get me wrong, but I didn't get kind of the hype behind him until The Witcher. Then I was like, oh, oh, damn. Like, hi, hello. Like, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. That's how I was. I was like, when he was Superman, like, yeah, he's good looking. But then when he was Daryl, I'm like, damn. You're like, okay, hello. (laughs) I like it. Moving on to writing questions, when did you first realize you wanted to be a writer? I always wanted to be a writer. I grew up writing fan fiction. Um, my mom's Ooh, what kind of- oh, my fan, it was like Harry Potter charm fan fiction. Like, oh my God, that is, <laughs> I love it. Anyone reads it, I still have it. It's terrible, <laughs> so bad. But I actually, um, I was I made up my own character named Callie that I would put into the fan fiction because I wanted to like write myself into it. So uh, that's part of why I use the name Callie for my Thornhill series as like a paying homage to my old fan fiction. Oh, so, that's amazing. Get that little bit in there. Yeah. But I have a, uh, a list I made in, I don't know, elementary school. And one of the things on there was write a book. So I've always wanted to write a book and be an author. It's kind of those things I thought was like just such a pipe dream that they like, don't even try because you're never going to do it. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You're killing it. (laughs) So So, as far as plotting, are you a plotter, a pantser, or a planter? I'm a total pantser. I know. Really? Oh, yeah. So bad. And that's, I, I mean, how do you do that when you have like the paranormal aspect, like all the things that you have to plan out with that? Like, I don't know. I would. I'm amazed. I don't know. I guess for that I am. I had to be a kind of a planner. But when I got the idea of my Thornhill books, I actually started it like where book five would be. And that was like some of the first scenes I wrote was book five. And then I kind of had to go back to build everything up. Oh. And like I know how the series is going to end. But just for the book I'm writing right now, I just killed someone that I didn't think would have to die. So I just to take the life of its own. <laughs> She Molly McAdams a character. See, oh, she did Molly <laughs> McAdams a character. Um, wow, that is amazing. So you kind of have like a general idea of like all the rules and all the different, you know, paranormal aspects of the story. But as far as the kind of storyline goes, you're just seeing where the characters take you. Yeah, yeah, I know like how it'll start, like some certain like just random little scenes throughout the way, and then I know how it's gonna end. Just kind of just go from there. Wow, that is amazing. Um, do you have any interesting writing quirks? Do you eat Twizzlers, wear the same hoodie when you write? Any quirks you do when writing? I talk out loud or make faces when I'm writing. Oh. Which is interesting when I'm in public because I don't really <laughs> doing it. We, we just moved. What was like, it was a year ago, but I had like warned my neighbors. I'm like, if you see me like sitting outside talking to myself, I'm not crazy. I'm just working. <laughs> Like, I promise I'm with it. I'm just writing a story right now. Nothing to see here. Just move along. When you hear me plotting murder, it's fictional. <laughs> Don't call the cops, okay? I promise I'm not seeing a vampire right now, but that'd be cool. But there's no demon. That might be a first, though, for us, because normally we get ones that are like, oh, I only write in Starbucks, which is Nikki Ash's big thing. She only writes in Starbucks. Um, oh, my goodness. Nikki Ash is also like five books ahead in her writing schedule. So she's all, all over the place. 
Wow. But we've also had author uh, Willow Winters. Well, she loves writing on airplanes. Oh, I can't write an airplane. I've tried. I might get like a hundred words from lucky on a two-hour flight. I get too distracted. <laughs> Mine was that uh, I don't like wearing a bra. I was, I was just like, that might have been TMI. And now I'm sharing it on a second episode, trying to shut my mouth. But I'm like, <laughs> I hardly ever wear a bra. <laughs> so you probably don't find me at Starbucks. I'll everything out. <laughs> um what do you like to do when you are not writing um I feel like I don't even have hobbies anymore I have two young kids so when I'm not writing I'm just probably gonna you'll find me like on the couch I love to binge shows on Netflix I am so bad to like go through a whole season or yeah a whole season in like two days I'm the same way I cannot savor it whatsoever my husband's like oh we can just like watch one episode I'm like no we're going to commit to this and I need to know exactly what happens or I'm going to Google the spoilers. So we need to get going. Yes. We did that with the first season of the Witcher. He's like, let's watch one episode a day. I'm like, okay. And after he's like, God, I say that before in the morning, watch the rest of it. I can kill myself. That would be me. Oh my goodness. That was me with sex life. I literally sat there and binged the whole season in one day. That is a very bingeable season. And Wow. Can we just take a moment and talk about that eggplant? <laughs> because I I am not gonna lie, I was holding my six month old son and I was just like he was playing and I was like, I'm gonna watch this as you know, he's playing or whatever. And this that scene comes up and all of a sudden I'm like, Is that real? <laughs> I like rewind it. And I made my husband they're like, is that real? I made all my friends watch it. I was like, oh my God. That's like, a new what? thing on TikTok being reacting to that scene. <laughs> yes. I mean, and they're dating in real life now. And I'm like, I understand. I understand. I get it. <laughs> um, I did read in your bio, you say you have horses. I slept with horses. I, I don't anymore. My um, <sighs> horse that I had for my childhood actually died. So. Oh, wow. I guess here I, I am. So no, I currently don't. Once my kid's a little bit older, I do plan to get more horses again. They're just very time consuming. Yes. I grew up having them. And then uh, my grandparents, they were at my grandparents' house. Um, but yeah, they, they take a lot of work. But that's like my dream is to be able to own them again. I miss mm-hmm. it. And I want my kids like, like to be able to experience having their own horse. Having a dog is great, but there's nothing like the bond between like you and a horse. Yes, I know my, um, my seven-year-old is like, mom, I take riding lessons. I'm like, yes, let's start right now. <laughs> You're like, okay, get in the car. We're going to go find someone that's open right now. And we're going to do it. <laughs> um, think of your family. What does your family think about your writing? And have they read your book? My mom and grandma have read almost everything I've written. They told me wow. they, they skip over the sex scenes. And my grandma tells me all the time, I couldn't use so much swearing. <laughs> So she's like a cozy mystery, um, like a very religious person, but she reads, yeah. she can't, she doesn't like vampires, so she hasn't read my paranormal, but she reads all my other romances. So. That's cute. Like, <laughs> I'm going to skip over these scenes and like maybe don't talk so much. That's cute. <laughs> but no, they're, my, um, my, my husband loves it. He's very, he tells everyone that I write and it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> try to pass off my books on everyone and my mom so now they're uh, very supportive of it even when I I was uh, working as a nurse while I was writing on the side and just kind of 
was hoping I could make something of it. My mom's actually the one who pushed me to self-publish. She found my very first book I ever wrote when I was still living at home and she read it and said it was good and I should self-publish it. And I had actually never heard of self-publishing, but she read an article about, oh, Amanda Hawking. I think that's oh. her name. She was like one of like the first indie authors to like make it big. Mm-hmm. So that's why, well, that's the reason why I learned about self-publishing was to my, my mom encouraged me to publish. That's so awesome that she pushed you to kind of do it and that she's like the number one fan, like the first fan, the OG. Oh, yes. When actually when we were in, in Disney World, someone came up to me and they're like, are you Emily Goodwin? And I was like, oh, yeah. They said, I love your books. And my mom was with me and she's like, I'm her mom. I'm her mom. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're like, this is my moment, okay? <laughs> That's so cool though. I can't even imagine being recognized. That is amazing. Did you just feel like, like that'd be such a surreal moment just be like wow stunned, and I was like I wasn't just yelling at my kids before this was I <laughs> sorry when's the last what's happened the last five minutes yeah meanwhile Kat gets noticed on Instagram lives because nobody knows you right <laughs> we're, we're not even going into that whole debacle no <laughs> yeah that oh man rough <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Stevie. Switching to writing questions, um, since I am the blogger half of this, um, what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, or a recommendation? Um, a recommendation might be the biggest thing, but I will admit I am drawn to covers. I have bought books like three, four, five in a series just because I like the cover without realizing that it was like later in the series. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm a cover whore. I, I love a good cover. We are very, both very guilty of knowing that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I If I have a good cover, it can be not a great book, but I want that on my shelf. Yes, like as long as it looks pretty. Yeah, that's fine. I don't Normally, care what's in it. So MJ actually bought a book, and it's, uh, and we tell this story all the time because of how funny it is, and it is a Claire Contreras book. She has never read the book. She doesn't even, she didn't know who Clara was until I told her who, who she was. And she's like, the book, the cover's just so pretty. <laughs> the books are so pretty on the shelf. And I was like, how about you read it next? Yeah. Next step, read. That's, we're working towards that goal. <laughs> what is the last book you bought? I honestly don't even know because I'm also really guilty of buying books that I know I don't have time to read. <laughs> I'd have to go back and like look at my Kindle history to remember that. Again, same. I do that all the time. And I'm like, why? I signed up for so many blogger events this month and I have no time to free read. Yes, it's terrible. And I'm like, I hate, I, I know like as an author, I should read the books that I buy, but like it's the covers that usually draw me in. <laughs> the it's covers, man. I literally, I bought a free book. I got a free book from Piper Rain the other day and I didn't have anything to read. So I started it and then went back and bought the whole series, which happens all the time. (laughs) I have a problem too, where it's like, I don't add it to a list or anything. Like if I see a book I'm interested in, I'm just like, I just buy right then. And then I don't realize how many I bought until I go to finally choose a book. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot here that you have not read that you have bought recently. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I have two Kindles and they're both like low on memory I'm like I should probably start reading some of these books 
<laughs> I also take my kids to the library once a week. So I've been getting myself books from the library and reading like the physical books, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I always read at night when my husband's asleep. Like I love to read a physical book, but the problem is too dark in there. So I read just on my phone or Kindle, but there is nothing like, especially, I don't know, but the like crinkling, like that creasing noise you hear of like the plastic of a library book, you know, brings me back. Um, the dust cover. <laughs> you know, yeah, the dust cover, but like the dust cover that's got the plastic, like library plastic on it. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? As I yeah, do my like, like weird hand gestures that no one listening can see. Like, yeah, the coding. I can't, yeah. I just can't form words. But yeah. that's well, down. I going to the library and I'm taking my kids because they we read like like I don't know three or like three to five children's books a night. So I'm like I've read the same books over and over again. Even though we probably have like 500 <laughs> children's books, I'm like we'll go to the library and you guys pick stuff out and then I'll read you something new. Yes. <laughs> it's like how many how many times can you read a hungry little caterpillar? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I've read some couple. books that kids always want. I'm like, well what about this one? Like, no, this one. I'm like, no, but we've read that a thousand times this month. Why about something a little different? <laughs> Pete, Pete the Cat. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read Pete the Cat, but those ones aren't super long or lengthy or anything. So I'm like, oh, there's only that many times I can say red shoes, blue shoes. Pete has cool shoes. <laughs> I was like, I what book are you talking about when he keeps stepping in the puddles and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, watch where oh. you're walking, Pete. <laughs> yeah, just, just look forward okay it's funny because my nephew has read that book too when he was for school so we my it got to a point where my brother and I knew the words to every single book that he would read especially that book yeah oh Pete Pete the cat uh, anyway so what are some of your who are some of your favorite authors to read um oh this is a hard one my like one click authors, definitely Adriana Locke, love everything she's written. Um, May Sage, I love her. She writes paranormal and contemporary, but I love her paranormal. Uh, T.L. Smith is one of my best friends and I love her books, even though they're dark and messed up and they don't always end with like pregnancy and babies and sunshine and rainbows, but I love her books for that. <laughs> so those three are probably my always gonna one click, but then Oh, there's so many others and I was going to leave people out. Um, Willow Winters is good. Uh, Kennedy Fox. Candy Steiner is good. Oh, so oh, many we love Candy a Candy Steiner, Steiner moment. Oh, yes, I, I don't handle angst well, so I have to like limit my angsty uh, rate. Oh, uh, Marty Mann too has angsty, sad, oh. kill you books. I'm like I can maybe handle two of those a year. <laughs> I love Marty Mann. See, but I'm an angst person. Like, if I don't feel a pit in my stomach when I'm reading it, I'm just like, no. Like, I want, I want it to destroy me, and then put me back together again. I, I need it happily ever after, but I want to go through it to get there. Mm-hmm. I love a good book that makes me sit in my bed at two o'clock in the morning, questioning my life choices and sobbing <laughs> with a bottle like, like, ooh, I am emotionally drained. Yeah. I used to read like super emotional books, but for the last like couple of years, I've gravitated more towards paranormal or like lighthearted romance, which is why I think I love everything Adriano writes because they're like feel good family romances and I just love them. 
I just yeah. finished one of her series, and I it was the first time I had read her. I would always knew who she, who she was, but didn't read her books. And they were always on my TBR list, and I finally downloaded uh, Crank. Oh, that one's so good. And I think it's, what is it, the Gibson Brothers? Yes. And read through the whole series in, like, oh, less than a week. Yes. Wow. Westerner, so love that. And she's just so sweet. I feel like when you know an author and they're like an awesome person, it makes you enjoy their books even more. Yes, that is true. Um, what is what is your last five star read? I finished a book. Oh, the girl at midnight. I think it was called. It was a library read. It's a young adult um, paranormal fantasy romance. It's the first in a series. I can't remember what the series was called, but it was good. I actually read it on the airplane and we to Disney World. Ooh. And I can't okay. author. I feel terrible, but it was one of those that I grabbed from the library because I liked the cover. <laughs> well, covers again. The theme of this podcast: covers are it. I'm yeah. a cover uh, holder. I will. I will literally put. Um, I don't know if anybody else has read the the villain series by Serena Valentino. Um, you would love this since you like Disney. It is. Uh, so there's two different ones. There's a PG-13 version, and it's Disney retellings. Oh, okay. Oh. I know what you're talking about now. So Serena Valentino has one, and the covers are all done up in Disney-themed. I don't yeah. know how she managed to get licensing on... I was going to ask that, because Disney books. is strict. But the hard copies cannot stay in stock on Amazon, because when you open the hard copy and the disc, um, the cover the cover jacket there are it's a double cover and these covers oh. are stunning okay i'm looking i'm googling She's look it up right now <laughs> yeah. okay she is her books are published through disney so that's yep. how she will use the villains okay so, I read the covers. there's um, that one and then there's a rated r telling which is i'm looking that one up because i know i have that on my uh paperback wish list like, get me some beauty and the beast um it is called villains by katie robert and oh i think i've seen one of the katie robert covers it's like a yes. chair all over so, tiktok i think a lot of people have been reading that got the beast lesson learn my lesson queen takes rose the sea witch the worthy opponent in desperate measures so they're all rated R Disney versions of like retellings. Okay, definitely okay. those like tonight. The okay, so when we all I, read these, we need to reconvene and talk about this because right, this is, this is gonna be a, a buddy read. Yeah, <laughs> book club for Disney. <laughs> yes, I'm just stunned by these covers to the point where I I added them to my cart and was like, I need these books. Yeah, they are gorgeous. And 100% need the. Uh, um, and the, it's funny because they were all over TikTok. People on TikTok are, yeah. have been sharing them. And see, the one I've seen is her Neon God one. Now that I'm looking on my phone, um, a scorchingly hot. Wow, I need to remember that. Like, that is some good marketing, some good ta- <laughs> keywords <laughs> there. A scorchingly hot modern retelling of Hades and Persephone. Um, that's the one that I know that I've seen on TikTok with the chair and everything. All right. Well, sold. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that was my selling point for the night. Everybody go buy those books. Um, 
we're going to move on to trope questions, which is themes is the theme of our podcast normally. And I'll let Kat tar- start that one. All right. What is your favorite trope to write and why? I love the enemies to lovers trope because I love that, like the, like the back and forth and the tension and like you don't want to like someone. So it kind of makes you like them even more and you shouldn't be attracted to them, but you are. I mean, it's like the whole like resentment. Like, I just want to like throw you down and just like have my way with you and finally get over it. But that's not going to solve it because I actually love you. That kind of thing. Yes. Heard that. I'm here for it. (laughs) What is the one trope you would eventually like to write and why? I would love to do, I don't know, this is more, I guess, like a genre thing, but anything set, like, more historical. So, like, an enemies to lovers, kind of forbidden romance, but set in a historical setting. Like, just like that. Romance. Yeah, it just seems really intimidating to me because you have to get all the facts right. It's a lot of research, but I love kind of like a different like class system of like a like royalty versus like peasant kind of enemies to lovers kind of trope. I would love to write. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm sold on that now. So you get like the forbiddenness of like I can't be seen with a peasant, and then like they yeah. for some reason. I would love to just and like they're in a hallway and he's trying to get through like all of the layers of the skirts back then and it's like <laughs> yes. even- I want to do like a John or like a gender twist where it's not like a rich like nobleman but like a he's like I don't know a stable boy or whatever and she's like the princess because I like switching the the yes. round mm, that sounds amazing um okay. now what is one trope you would never want to write and why probably bully romance I like the enemies to lovers but I don't like bullying and I probably say this as someone who was bullied in high school that I just I I can't enjoy that there's a line between tension and emotional damage of bullying well and there's some where I'm like this is uh this is a bully like I I don't know if I can come back from this like That's not hot to me. It's always but. that one or reverse harem. Like, it seems like like people either not, like, we've had people say they won't write surprise babies and stuff like that, too. But it seems more so bully romance is the top one that people won't touch. Yeah. I, I think if you've experienced bullying as a teen or even as an adult, I think it gives you a different, like, taste in your mouth on someone who wasn't. And I was definitely the... The weirdo of my high school, the girl who liked vampires and got tarot cards to school. But I mean, it's my my job now. I so you're job. like, hey guys, go my high like school. High school you you the finger. <laughs> I'd be like, aren't you? Uh, you regret it now. You didn't let me read your tarot cards back then, but now I make a living doing this. Man, I'm gonna be pissed that she missed this one with the tarot cards. <laughs> that is MJ's favorite thing. So mad. She loves reading tarot. She's done it on the podcast. She's done my past life reading. Like, oh yeah, apparently I was a uh, a very uh, promiscuous man. And that one settled <laughs> out in my past life. I was getting it in with a lot of ladies. What uh, was well, I professor? What was I? No, she was a professor, right? Or she was the professor. I was okay. a man, but I was like an artist, and like I died at like fifty because of a broken heart. Aww. 
Uh, Kristen, they still think that she might be Marilyn Monroe. We're not really <laughs> sure. Wow. It was a little girl that was locked in a closet and tortured. Okay. It was very depressing for a couple minutes. <laughs> um, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Well, it definitely have to be paranormal. <laughs> and probably some sort of um, forbidden romance, enemies to lovers sort of thing. Basically, it would have to be my Dead of Night series because that's like everything I want in a paranormal series and book. So that's your, it has forbidden romance because witches and vampires are not supposed to be together. And it has the enemies to lovers because they don't like each other at first, but they're very attracted to each other. Mm, I love it. Mine would be, I would just pick billionaire because <laughs> me, if I pick a billionaire, he could be a rock star and be a billionaire. He could be anything. Like I could still get the enemies to lovers if I wanted to. <laughs> I have Lucas in my uh, Thornhill series is a very rich vampire because he's been alive for like 2,000 years. So he has. That's what I was going to say. Like you could get both because like if they've been alive for a very long time, then they're going to be rich, but then you get the sexy hot vampire that yeah, is why yeah mm-hmm. and he should be you know he's had years of practice for other things too so find yes. me up so i guess there are i guess i do have a, like a lot of tropes hit in that series the billionaire thing isn't like i don't know i feel like because it's like paranormal it's not like the selling point of yeah of lucas just because he's you know a sexy vampire but he ends up revealing later on that he has been very smart with his investments over the years. And when you buy a property in like, you know, 1700s and sell it in 2020, you're going to make a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. It seems like very Klaus to me from the original. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Another thing that I have, I'm just going to go on rants apparently, but they did Klaus so dirty. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. The fact, I don't know, am I allowed to say these things? Yeah. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler to some people, but like the show's been out for you should have watched But like the fact that Klaus and Caroline never got their chance, I'm still pissed. And I decided to spoil it. I'm sorry, but you took a while. Hey, to get have you here. seen all of Legacies? Yeah, I have not I watched have. Legacies. You have no. watched Legacies? No, but are you about to tell me that Klaus, I thought Klaus is a. Klaus, no, Klaus, well, spoiler alert, Klaus died. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, like the episode of Legacies where Lizzie wishes that Hope had never been born. Yep. There's a newspaper clipping that shows that Klaus and Caroline were like um, wanted. There's like a, a drawing of like uh, Klaus Michelson and Caroline's next to him. Like the police are looking for him. Yep. And Legacies oh, is Hope's story, which is Klaus's daughter. So <gasps> you see a lark, you get um Oh my god. Uh, well, I'm so mad about Elijah and uh, Haley too. I'm just, I'm pissed about a lot of things. When they don't yeah, like, I don't the whole thing, I'm like, why didn't Klaus just go out there and drag her inside? <laughs> I'm What's just, really funny, yeah. I know Kat already knows this, but, uh, and I don't think it's around here somewhere, but I had a friend in high school who actually is a, was a writer for the Vampire Diaries. Oh, that's cool. Like, I have so many questions and I'm so mad at you for so many things. <laughs> so I actually have um, Catherine's necklace from the show. That's so cool. Yes, and it hangs up in over there on my wall of 
things that I keep. And I also, and I don't know where the box is. It's probably downstairs in my basement, but it's got Dave and Salvatore's boxers in it. Mm. But you told me it's that, it's that one snag those. <laughs> Didn't you tell me it's from the scene where he's like dancing around? Yes. In the, in the, oh, in the in boxers. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, we used that to have like parties like on um, release night because she would be home for those, and because her kids lived here, so she'd fly back and forth, and she um, we would have release parties for the episodes at my house, and she would always come and bring bearing gifts and stories and like uh, wore a certain pair of sunglasses during the day, and they were Cat Graham sunglasses. She gifted the crew sunglasses for. Uh, one of I think it was for her birthday or something like that so wow that is another one of the things where I'm like I don't understand your series finale because I think so many things could have been different and everything would have been fine but it's fine whatever this isn't going to be a cat gripe about the way that shows in episode they killed Stefan off there was no reason for it (laughs) no he literally like could have stabbed her and just went off he could have just shoved her in there (laughs) Yeah, so many plots. Uh, maybe it's like season four or whatever when Jeremy's fighting like his urges to become a hunter and he's yelling at Elena and he's like, everything that's ever gone wrong is your fault. I'm like, thank you. You you just like summed up the entire show. Everything is <laughs> all Elena's fault. We could have avoided all of this. So yeah. one of the one of the funniest stories I like to tell about this is because I didn't know this until my friend Amy told me about this being a, a very true scene from this show was do you remember when Jeremy died the first time um, and Elena was sobbing and she fell to her knees and Caroline was standing there and then it was um, Stefan was standing there and there's a moment where Stefan looks at the camera apparently that was a very real scene she had actually lost her grandfather that day I read that on like Pinterest or Instagram or somewhere and I think that's real it's true Yep, it's wow. very real. She said that, that she had just happened to hear about it right before they filmed and she couldn't get away. They had to finish filming in order for her to leave and she had just lost it. And there was a moment, she said, while they were all the whole, all the writers and everybody were standing behind the cameras and all and they were watching her and Stefan's character looked directly at the camera, like the directors and were like, should we like step in? Like, should we cut? Like, and nobody did anything and they used it because it was such a vulnerable moment mm-hmm. and it actually gave people chills watching her sob like yeah that. yeah that was a sad scene right before she burned her house down i think right yeah right, right yeah. she burned her house she, like, turned her humanity off and like yeah. ah, well that wow. is and sadly the end of our podcast but i'll let you uh tell everybody where they can find you on social media Yes, I, um, I'm on Instagram all the time. I post about my cats and my guinea pigs a lot. My Instagram stories, if you want to see that too. But my Instagram is author Emily Goodwin. And from there, I have links to my other socials, um, Facebook and TikTok, mostly where I'm at. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. This was fun. Thank you.